This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're on episode 46. So it's been one year since we started the podcast, Rachel. We're a little late on this episode. Sorry. Um, What do you think about that? I mean, it's crazy. I don't think when we started this, we thought it would go this far. No, we talked about it like very hypothetically. You know, if we get to a year, if we get to this or that. If it even like... Even if it even takes off If even like 10 people listen to us consistently, that was like shocking. So... Yeah, it's been... uh, a heck of a ride um i did write about it on twitter and facebook and then was too lazy to put it on instagram so i guess i'll put it up this week after this episode comes out um but the appreciate you segment has been cut out a little bit lately and the reason is because we've been too lazy to write down people's names and uh well and honestly it's because we've been interacting with existing people a lot more and yeah, not, it's been not the so same many people new people. A lot, yeah. Yeah. And we've been uh, like, we've not that we don't appreciate you guys. Yeah. But we've been calling out some new folks here and there, but it's just been uh, slow since Podcoin went down. So haven't had like a, you know, a whole bunch of new people reach out. So, uh, but I want to take the time to just say everyone that's been listening to us and talking to us for such a long time. We really, really, truly appreciate it. Well, like you're who we did this for. Like, obviously, the everyone's my listener. You're fantastic and we love you. But the like getting people who we can connect with and talk to consistently and who listen to us and are interested in what we're talking about consistently. Like, that's what this is about for us. Exactly. So um, those of you who reach out to us all the time, like, you know who you are and the silent listener who doesn't reach out. We also appreciate you because that's what I am with every podcast I listen to. I don't think other than our podcasting friends, I've ever reached out to a podcast. So, um, you know, just know, like, just because, you know, you're not the type to talk to us on social media, like, it's totally fine. We still totally appreciate you. You're totally a part of this. And, um, you know, if there's any way we can give you some recognition or show you some love, we'd love to do it. That's really a big part of that. Also, if you ever feel like we have not given you recognition or shown you love, please tell us. We won't be offended. We actually would feel really bad if that happened. So yeah, if somebody reached out and they didn't get called out, like let us know. I mean, um, the, the reality is like uh, where I work, I don't get really good cell reception. So there are times where like something comes in and then I kind of like lose it or I can't find it or whatever um, happens all the time. So if you feel like, you know, hey, you just want a quick shout out, like just reach out to us. It's not a problem. Um, but yeah, so this week's all about you, all you listeners and you people that reach out to us and support us. So we honestly and truthfully appreciate it we love the show we're glad you guys seem to love the show um and we're gonna keep doing it until pretty much we can't anymore yeah we wouldn't do it anymore if it wasn't for you guys so thanks no seriously we really wouldn't. this wouldn't happen we're way too lazy people to, to do this if it weren't for you know just the, the feeling like somebody out there needs to hear it once a week for whatever reason yep all right um so we have no the new sponsor won't be on this one it'll be on the next one but we have a couple new sponsors coming on in the next couple weeks um and we have a couple more promo codes coming your way so just be on the lookout for that although this week's still going to be my bookie i think so yeah try and check them out i don't know if you gamble or not and if you don't then don't worry about it but if you do but if you do it's free money so and use the code check that out yep um 
All right. So this week in the news, I've been on a huge Nimitz uh, incident kick. Um, and the reason why is because of that uh, Joe Rogan podcast with Dave Fravor. So I also found Unidentified. It's uh, a History Channel thing. So if you have access to the History Channel, their app, you can look at all six episodes of it. It's uh, made by To The Stars um, Academy of Arts and Science, which is the Tom DeLonge company. Um, but it really does dictate in very good detail um, the Nimitz incident, among other things. But it also has testimony from Fravor's wingman pilot or wingwoman pilot, I guess. Um, and it also has a radar our uh, person from the incident also providing testimony. The reason why I bring it up is because Popular Mechanics actually just put out an article where five more um, radar people and, and various other positions, but mostly radar on the Princeton from the Nimitz incident actually came out and are now talking about the incident as well via that article in Popular Mechanics. Oh, so, wow. um, And that I think is really like there's legitimate... Um, skepticism backlash um criticism of to the stars arts and academy especially after you watch the documentary you'll see it's very like self-promoting which is i really don't have a problem with it and the reason why is because they've said from day one like this is their goal is to normalize speaking about this stuff for the military and allow people an avenue to talk about this and so now we have five more witnesses from something that happened 15 years ago that finally have the courage to come out and talk about it and it's that's pretty cool yeah and i think that's cool and they're they're literally between it and the fact that the DOD said that those videos are from them and the fact that the Navy restructured how people can report uh, incidents with UFOs, UA, UAPs, uh, UAVs, um, like they're truly and in, in, in realistically accomplishing their goal, which I think is is cool. Um, so no matter anything else with that, um, I just think the fact that that discussion is actually happening in a logistic, I mean, logistic in a uh <sighs> What am I looking for? It's an L word. It's logical, uh, logical and rational manner. Um, I think that that's really cool. They're actually achieving that. So check out that article. Um, I will probably in three or four months do an episode on it. But just since I just now did gimbal and go fast, Rachel wouldn't have it. So no, I I had to fight with him about not doing aliens. Today. <laughs> I love aliens. Um, so if Rachel ever puts a podcast this is quickly becoming a full alien podcast, um, which I won't do to you guys. Right. So I'm going first this week. So, Rach, what are you talking about? I am talking about the crazy story of the Greenbrier ghost. Is it really crazy? Or did you just That's use that word? You use it lightly. No. When do I ever get an explanation of any of these? That's the most explanation you've ever gotten out of me. Sure. What I'm about to talk about. Sorry, right, it's so crazy. what I'm talking about. I kind of changed subjects on you here, Rach. So this should catch you way off guard. Um, this is the subtitle. It is in a shocking finding scientists discovered a herd of unicorns living in a remote previously unexplored valley in the Andes mountains. The hell? Even more surprising researcher, uh, even more surprising to the researchers was the fact that the unicorns spoke perfect English. Okay. Hold on. So here's did you get this off the onion? Like where did Hold this on. come here's from? Here's the article. Okay. The scientists named the population after their distinctive horn, Ovid's unicorn. These four horned silver white unicorns were previously unknown to science. So they're not a single unicorn, really. They just. That's more insane. That, four horns. Four horns, right. And they're all on their head. Yeah, I don't, we're going to find out. So now after almost two centuries, the mystery of what what sparked this odd phenomenon is finally solved. Dr. Jorge Perez, an evolutionary biologist from the University of La Paz and several uh, companions were exploring the Andes Mountains when they found a small valley with no other animals or humans. Uh, Perez noticed that the valley had what appeared to be natural fountain, which was surrounded by two peaks of rock and silver snow. 
Perez and the others then ventured uh, further into the valley. By the they say, quote, uh, by the time we reached the top of one peak, the water looked blue with some crystals on top, said Perez. Uh, Perez and his friends were astonished to see the unicorn herd. These creatures could be uh, seen from the air without having to move too much to, to see them. They were so close that they could touch their horns whenever they descended into the valley. Oh, yes. While examining these bizarre creatures, the scientists discovered that the creatures also spoke some fairly regular English, Perez stated. We can see, for example, that they have a common language, quote unquote, uh, something like a dialect or um, like dialectic speech of English. Dr. Press says that was a quote. Uh, Dr. Press believes that the unicorns may have originated in Argentina, where the animals were believed to be descendants of a lost race of people who lived there. What? Hold on. Uh, before the arrival of humans and in those parts of South America. While their origins are still unclear, some believe that perhaps the creatures were created when a human and a unicorn met each other in a time before human civilization. No. According to Perez, hold on, quote, in South America, such incidents seem to be quite common, end quote. However, Perez also pointed out that it is likely the only way of knowing for sure if unicorns are indeed the descendants of a lost alien race is through DNA, uh, quote, but they seem to be able to communicate in English quite well, which I believe is a sign of evolution or at least a change in social organization, end quote, said the scientist. Where so, is this scientist from? Like, what kind of scientist are we talking about? From the University of La Paz. OK. Weird, right? Weird story. Did you detect anything about that story that I mean, other than it, it just sounds like BS, right? It sounds made it's up crap. Yeah, it was completely written by a robot. AI. So that thing that I said was the subtitle. That was the only input from a human. The rest was entirely generated by artificial intelligence called GPT-2. OK. Um, and this is, quote, the most dangerous uh, AI that was never meant to be be released, which has been released. So um, why was he released? Because it released, I guess. Yeah, um, they they released like so open AI is the name of the company that made it. Um, and they released small versions and small versions and didn't quite see the negative consequences that they thought. So they were eventually pressured into releasing the whole thing. Now, here's the thing. Um, the negative consequences are. I mean, could be catastrophic we'll talk about it but um so this is my note it says there's a text generating ai called gpt2 which uses a technique called bayesian networks to classify text it also supports uh multiple languages and a corpus of historical documents it is distributed with many libraries that can be downloaded from its website uh, a simple example of a document would be um, for instance, uh, GPT-2 is a good reminder that a few days ago, a couple of other GPTs were attacked by a malware in other countries. So be careful, right? Like that, yeah, it can just spit right. that out. Using GPT-2, it can be used to identify documents based on certain keywords, generate random lists of words to be matched against, convert this text to plain text uh, using regular expressions. And with, with, with the GPT-2 technique, you can build the text. Okay, did that sound in interesting? Yeah. Did it sound real? I had GPT-2 write about itself. So that the only part. Wait, that, so you used this? Yes, that terrifying was terrifying. That was all fake. AI? All of that was fake. So the only thing I put into it, into the AI, was there is a text generating AI called GPT-2 and it came up with all the rest of it. Wait, so that's not what even the AI that's not even is, what it named? is Bayesian networks is not real, at least as far as I know. It does not identify documents based on certain keywords. I don't know if or I like maybe this episode. Does. 
You're just messing with me and no, I don't appreciate I am, it. But, okay. So, but here I'm using it as an example into how it can be dangerous. Cause I want to talk about that, but, um, by tricking people and telling fake stories. Yes. So the problem with AI as powerful as GPT two is that it can see and understand almost everything we do. It's the Which same. Is not real for GPT one. I know. So not true. Right. It, I know it'll be very hard to convince you to trust a program you've never met, but I want you to take a look at the world around you. If we don't give it AI the ability to make mistakes, it will create a whole different way of life. A life where people are constantly trying to avoid the pitfalls of the AIs. The truth is we cannot take it back or we can take it forward. We can take it back or we can take it forward. And the choice is ours to make. This podcast episode feels <laughs> like I'm watching Inception all over again. Right. But uh, so... Again, here's the input I put in. I said GPT-2 can create fake news and and then uh, it says um, GPT-2 can create fake news and manipulate people with it. And it has been shown to have been used by Russia to interfere with the U.S. presidential election by hacking into the email of John Podesta and then releasing it to the public. The company also said it would provide more details on its research and findings on Tuesday ahead of the official presentation. Okay, so do you get what I'm kind of getting with this? Do you, do you Yeah, it can just like mess with people but it's not yeah so messing with people with the hot terms fake news right right so the way that this is kind of like uh foreseen as being weaponized and could be weaponized we have no idea is for instance you have one person in a basement right who all of a sudden wants to trash elon musk Right. The second you said in the basement, I just saw Dale Gribble. Right. Yeah. A Dale Gribble. Right. (laughs) Somebody with no skill. Right. Right. Because I couldn't create this AI. Right. Now it's it's here. I mean, I just used it for the podcast. It's available. Yeah. So you have this person who wouldn't be able to come up with these like the Perez story that took. I don't want to say talent because it was a robot. Right. But it was a coherent story start to finish. And how many people can't do that? Right. Right. Now, here's the thing. Let's say. All of a sudden, somebody really wants somebody wants people to believe that there are four horned unicorns out in the Andes Mountains. So they produce tweet after tweet, article after article, Facebook post after Facebook post that are different, but about the same exact story, quote unquote. And in a very short amount of time, one person in a basement can create thousands of pieces. Well, but and of also believable the other posts. thing too, not just like that, but humans on their own can be discredited very quickly. Like everyone would, if this guy down in his basement, this Dale Gribble put attached out, a name to put it, put out these things and said, people would have people anything you put out that ha- that has to have any kind of backing behind it. Right, you have to put your name on it. You have to say who you are, and it, people could research you and find out that you're full of sh- crap. There you go. So, but Um, but think about, yeah. yeah, And think about like, what's the common joke about the uh, Nigerian prince that wants to give you all of his money email that used to go around in the late nineties. Right. Um, It's that they're ridiculous. The stories are so over the top. They're terrible. But that Perez story, even fed with a, a, a stupid concept was believable for like three quarters of that story. Yeah. And a robot made that story. Pretty much until you told me they could talk. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. And so imagine the amount of fake news you could crank out like just out of nowhere. So um, here's another one. So I fed it. um, Here are some examples of the danger GPT-2 represents. And it says um, 
GPT-2 uses the AES algorithm for key distribution. It does not encrypt the keys. The security of GPT-2 depends on the ability of a system to distinguish between an encrypted and decrypted drive when they are accessed simultaneously. If the disk has been tampered with, GPT-2 cannot detect this interference and can be compromised. The ability of the drive's firmware to detect this interference is critical. If the disk firmware does not detect the interference, GPT-2's protection from it will not work. Many computers do not have the sufficient memory to handle a GPT-2 partition with its associated data. If one or more of the GPT-2 partitions is not present, an error may occur and the computer will hang. If multiple GPT-2 partitions are present, the computer may hang when attempting to boot from a system that does not have enough available memory to handle the multiple partitions. Again, that's completely generated and means nothing. Like it's like that. Have you seen that picture where it's like everything looks familiar, but you can't actually identify anything? Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, listener, like there's um, there's a picture you can Google that just picture where everything looks familiar, but you can't identify it. And what it is like people said it's to represent like what it's like to have a stroke. Um, I don't remember if that's actually where it came from, um, but go ahead and Google it. And that's what I'm talking about, where it's like all these words do sound like something, but they're actually nothing. Right. Um, like here, here uh, there was one where it even generated a fake quote for me. Yeah, here you go. Here are some of the examples of the danger AI represents and then it put for society as the world's population grows. We'll also be creating more opportunities for AI to take over our lives. The same can be said for machines to take over our cars, our factories or our homes. We have the technology to automate our lives in ways we can't even imagine today, but we're ignoring the potential risks. The threat of AI is becoming so apparent that even prominent Silicon Valley CEOs are now talking about it. In a recent video, Alphabet Executive Chairman Eric Schmidt said, quote, artificial intelligence in brackets, meaning AI, is a profound threat to the future of our society. The implications are clear. It's going to have a huge impact on the world and it's going to have a huge impact on our economic future. Schmidt went on to say, the question that you really need to ask is if you were sitting at that table, what would you do about it? That was all fake. With the only input I gave it being, here are some examples of the danger AI represents. And it just created an essay. I think it's even creepier to me that the way it made the essay is like it's a person. Yeah. I don't like it. I know. And the, the punctuation is near perfect, um, but there are small mistakes that you might think was human. Um, it doesn't sound like Alexa. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like Siri. Right. Um, it sounds credible. It sounds human in the sense that, like, if you didn't know I was telling you that was software, you would assume I was reading the words of a human that um, may even be like like flawed or you know what I mean? Like you would never guess it was a robot. Right. Like you wouldn't just never guess it. Um, and so, like I said, I, I think that the, this is a reality of, I, I think right now we're like in, in a peak of information age mm -hmm. where we have Twitter and we have um, all these things where like, you don't actually have to intake information from somebody who's putting spin on it, but we're so close and we're probably already over the edge to where now that is going to be so tainted by pure volume that you won't know what's happening anymore. So for instance, let's say tomorrow, God forbid, um, Russia attacked a country, right? Yeah. And then they use this type of AI to put out there thousands and thousands of time times over that. In fact, that country attacked Russia. Mm. Right. And so then even the CNNs and the Fox news of the world, I mean, you're going to get drowned out. Well, yeah, enough of, we as humans look for proof is in like abundance. That's the point. Right. Like, yeah, if you, you were going to say three oh, or well, four well, articles Fox on something news and CNN and CNN, they're hiding it. Right. Yeah, because right. Th these are the people on the ground. That's right. what they're saying. And, and that's the other part, too. And this is what's really scary about it is 
Now imagine some Russia can pay 10,000 human beings to do that. Right. But now just imagine a random Dale Gribble. Now he has the power in and of himself to do that about anything he feels like. With no money. With no money. Zero money. This yeah. took me this took me 10 minutes. Yeah. And you can and download zero dollars. Yeah. You can download the software for free on Python and run it on Python and you can train it. So um, people have now people have used it for cool things. For instance, they, there's a book of poetry by GPT, too. Hmm. Um, there are novels where uh, like novel writers or like a writer like myself, like if you get stuck, you can tr- you can train this robot on how you write. And then have it generate your next chapter and be like, no, that that's like off. But it got me out of writer's block. That's how people are using it, too. Um, But like, like I said, just the initial. I mean, the way this software is and will be used, I guarantee it's already being used is. Yeah, I mean, you can take like, you know, those uh, terrible like ads at the bottom of pages that you like know are just clickbait. Mm -hmm. Like now, all of a sudden, those clickbaits can have like legitimacy. They could look real. Um, So, yeah. I, I just think it's kind of a, I think it's a strange, strange thing. And it just released like November 5th. So it's, it's in the news. It's current. Um, and feel free to play with it. So, um, the one, the easiest way to do it, uh, where you don't have to download anything or, or, or run Python is at talk to transformer.com. Um, so check it out. You can put in like whatever you want to feed it. It won't generate like full documents or anything. Like you have to actually get the software for that. Um, but it'll generate like little excerpts, uh, like what I've been reading you. I will not be checking that out. It's interesting. I don't like it. Can't deny it's not interesting. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things that are interesting, <laughs> but that are freaky and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that? And like, just in general? Um, I mean, I think it's just a, a bigger showing of how much like everything obviously has a good and a bad, like the internet, all this new technology that we have, everything that comes with it is good and bad. Like the fact that, Sure, we have all this great stuff, but we've lost so much privacy and we've lost a lot of like a lot of other things that we had that generations before us had or even we had as kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, but I could definitely see how that could be used as a tool, even though I can also see how it's used for good. It's pretty it's pretty scary how well, I think easily the, it can be used for bad. Well, I think the use of good is so limited. Compared to the use for bad. Yeah, I think Which so is too. what OpenAI was talking about. Because, like, people are kind of trashing them. Oh, for years you've been talking about how dangerous this is going to be. And uh, you finally release it and it, like, has bugs. Like, you know, it's not that big a deal. And it's like, no, it, it's a big deal because... In they, the wrong person's hands. Yeah, they've created something that... I, I mean, the the good is very limited. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and, and the bad is boundless. I mean, really boundless. Uh, so, actually, it, it spawns an interesting thing, which is that now... Um, AI people are being commissioned to create counter AI to figure out like wh- how they can how detect stop it. Yeah. yeah, how they can detect it on the internet, like like a automated Snopes almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that begs the question, like, well, I mean, I guarantee if we go down this path, you're going to have a reporter that they put something out and then immediately one of these other counter AI says, this is AI. It's a 51% likelihood. This person's AI. And now their whole career is probably going to go down the tubes. Yeah. Right. We'll um, so screw a lot of people over. Right. I mean, it's, it's a whole new level of like, do you remember that thing where, uh, professors or uh, teachers had you submit to see if you plagiarize? Yes, <laughs> it's yes. like that. Um, I mean, it's, it's absolutely nuts. I, 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 and the other interesting thing, thing to this is it's just so around us like like i said it's alexa it's it's google it's siri mm-hmm. um but i never really thought about like 
the, the horrible uses of it and how easy it would and be. If I did, the only thing I thought of was the lack of privacy was the fact that yeah, someone could yeah. be listening in on my life. Otherwise not, not, not generation of content. Yeah. Right. You know, definitely. Um, okay. So like one last thing. So it said artificial intelligence is dangerous because it can be used to gain power and control. I'm against the use of AI to do evil. If you think AI is not capable of evil, you need to look at your own beliefs and understand where they stem from. If you have a problem with AI, please don't try to fix something you don't understand. There's nothing wrong with trying to improve the AI community. It's just not worth our time. Quote, the only people who need AI are those who can use it for evil. For example, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple, who own most of the market share. We do not need, we do need AI to help us in our daily life and not only in AI, but in many areas. That's the way it should be. End quote. This is the first public statement by the group, which has since been been verified by other members in the statement. The group states that it does not plan on shutting down the artificial intelligence. It just went on that rant. Generated a quote. And then like the, the, the scary part about it is it has the rhetoric down of legitimizing itself. Yeah. Like using a quote and then saying this was a statement by the group. Right. Or like those qualifying, like authoritative terms. This just reminds me of that. Um, It was in the news, that robot that like they had learned about all the different things in the world and it ended up killing Killing itself. itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was a it wasn't Watson, but it was something similar. I think it was by Google, but I can't remember. Um, But yeah. So interesting, right? Yep. Creepy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, very creepy. Um, so check check your sources, everybody. Always check your sources. Um, and now me and you have to really be on it because that unicorn thing was almost believable. Mm, no. <laughs> For a second. No. You're right. Speaking English, no. But uh, that was one of the more... Uh, oh, last thing. So everybody listening to this, uh, go to OpenAI's website about GPT-2. Uh, I was actually going to read their documents, but um, I figured I would just do some more custom stuff instead. Um, but read their documents. So they have sample documents about how it wrote about certain subjects and what the inputs were. It's, it's incredibly interesting how, how credible these things sound. So, yep, play around with it. All right. Uh, let's take a break for a couple ads. Um, we got... My bookie. We have a couple more coming down the pike, and then we have some shows that we listen to and love. So, longtime fans of the show are going to know that I am a huge sports fan. I love my Rockets, Astros, and Texans. Um, but if you're the type of fan that thinks you know football or sports so well that you can choose any game and call it, my bookie is the place for you because they can turn your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. So between football season, NBA, and the start of college uh, basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline, get in the action. If you're interested in turning a little bit of money into a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you belt multiple games together for a bigger payout. And if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra thousand in free money to play with. Use promo code LATEFEES. L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S, no spaces, to activate the offer. And once again, that's promo code LATEFEES, L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S, to take advantage of MyBookie's offer. Go to MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Hi, my name is Melissa, and I'm the host of The Haunted Ride, a paranormal and spiritual podcast. Every week I share some of my own personal stories and a few of yours as well. We talk about things from spirits to ghosts, demons, angels, cryptids, or any experience that just seems a little too weird, and you honestly can't call it normal. What if you communicate it with a ghost? You feel other people's emotions? 
Maybe you're questioning if you're an empath, medium, or could even be a psychic. Well, we cover that too. So join me every Monday on your favorite podcast player and tune in as we talk about all the great and sometimes scary things that happen through this haunted journey we call life. Because ghosts are out there. And if you're not careful, they will get you. to kind of flip the switch on going from technology to something from a very long time ago. Um, the Greenbrier Ghost. So on January 23rd of 1897 in Greenbrier County, West Virginia, a blacksmith named Edward Trout Shoe, um, which by the way, like his name Trout is in quotes. It's like, why was it back in the day that everybody got to have some cool nickname that was like literally in their name? Like, okay, so if you, if I had a nickname, let's say my, I don't even know. If I had a nickname that was like Salmon, never in any official documents would it say Rachel, in quotations, Salmon Metzger. Mine would say Richard R.J. Metzger. Yeah, yours is very different. You go by that every single day. Like, that's, oh, you probably went by Trout every no, day. But you know what? I, because similarly, back in those days, someone could call you Trout and it just freaking stuck. Where nowadays it's like, that's so weird. Well, I know, but what I'm, I'm just saying, like, RJ is clearly Richard Jr. So that's different. Like, oh, that's people don't know. a Rick junior. James. Whatever. That's from your actual name. Trout is just Trout. His name is Edward. Trout has nothing to do with his name. There was a guy on a podcast I just listened to on Meat Eater. The episode's called You're a Cool Dude, Buck. And he got the name Buck because he was, like, throwing a buck knife and severed the tendon in his thumb. Went to the hospital. Very next day, started doing it with the other hand, severed the other tendon in his other thumb. And the doctor was like, you have the brains of a cabbage. And then the name Buck stuck around. But his name actually has nothing to do with Buck. And now it's like on his like company. Yeah, and no, stuff. But that's like not what I'm saying is that's like not normal. This is like used to happen all the time back then. Everybody had that. I know. Anyway, check out that podcast. Anyways, <laughs> unless you aren't into hunting like I'm not, then hey, don't. Buck's totally like cool. Um. So Edward Trout Shoe uh, went to a neighbor's house for a favor. He asked the woman if her 11-year-old son could go down to his farm, which, by the way, that's Shoe Farms. Just saying. It's really close to Shoot Farms. Or Shroot, I mean, Farms. Oh, I was about to say, where are you like going Dwight. with this? Dwight. The I read about this, I kept thinking of Dwight. Which, actually, if you think about Dwight, like, this guy isn't that different. Like, I don't know. That's not fair. He probably is different, but, like, I could just imagine this guy having the attitude of Dwight. Anyways, I hope that makes sense. That was a weird tangent. Okay, so he asked if her 11 year old son could go down to his farm to collect some eggs and ask his wife if she needs anything from town. I do not know why the man didn't do it on his own. Um, Also, if you're with with what's about to happen, it doesn't make any sense why he would do this. But anyways, so the boy went to his house. uh, He knocked on the door. No one answered. When he went inside, he found Shu's wife, Zona, sprawled on the floor. So the boy ran back to his house to where she was, told him, and then um, she went home and then the boy went to get the doctor, who is also the coroner because it's the 1890s. Um, By the time the doctor got there, she had moved uh, Zona's body to their bed and had changed her clothes into a dress that had the high neck and also with a scarf around her neck. Because the boy was the boy said that like he was like, that's not what she was wearing before. Um. He held her head sobbing and basically refused to let anyone get close to her the whole time. Um, even the coroner, as he like, was trying to examine the body, he would kind of like cut him off from letting him do certain things. And he kept acting very 
um, distressed is what the coroner reported. So after just kind of looking her over, because again, this is the 1890s, um, the coroner deemed this just a just a normal death and said that she died by everlasting faint. I tried to look up what that is. The only place that they've ever written down the words everlasting faint was in this situation. So. He's, like, he's like, I'm going to term I'm going to term something here. Terminant. Yeah. He thought it was going to be in medical textbooks like for just like 100 years. Fainted and then were and then died and then from died fainting. From it, yeah. Um, but then he did then he said no, just kidding. She died from childbirth. Um, but she was not pregnant. This is the worst Dr. Coroner <laughs> of all time. My favorite part He though, probably didn't go to school though. I mean, legitimately. Oh yeah. My favorite part is that everybody was just like, okay, because it was like it's again, well, who this else, is, who's going to challenge him? Well, but also this is just back then when like no one didn't cut bodies open. Yeah. They didn't do that. No. He could have just said from Satan and everyone been like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So she was not pregnant and they'd actually only been married for three months. What's that got to do with anything? So they couldn't have had babies. Well, I get it. But she also was not pregnant. So. Listen, when, when a man and woman love each other. Oh, my gosh. OK. <laughs> Anyways, so that was just accepted across the town. And we're just like, yeah, OK. And so uh, she was buried and had her funeral. <laughs> Was she decapitated? I'm not going to answer any questions yet. So about a month, about a month after uh, the funeral, Zona's mother, Mary Jane Hester, Hester, Hester. How does it spell? H-E-A-S-T-E-R. Hester. Hester. Um, I don't know. Started going about town, talking smack about Shu, saying that uh, her daughter's ghost was visiting her at night and telling her things. So she claimed that the ghost had come to her over a period like four nights in a row. Every night she would show up to her bed at the edge of her bed. And um, she told her that that day um, she got angry at Zona because she did not serve meat for dinner. Um, which I, I feel like that would you would be angry if I. Yeah, you tried to do it with turkey meat like multiple times. Right? <laughs> no, that's, that's not still, even real no, that's meat. Still meat but like it's if not I, even real. No, meat. but like if I tried to make a dinner that was like. Just like noodles and no meat. In it's it. not dinner. You'd That's be a snack. Really angry. Um, I'm already angry just thinking about it. Okay. Well, he uh, grabbed her kill you. by the neck. Yeah. And squeezed until it broke between the first and second vertebrae. That's yeah. And what, you think I can't kill you in one punch? All right. So easy. Let's not. Let's not go into this. Um, <laughs> that is what the ghost told Easter. Okay. Yeah. I've so Easter eventually went to the authorities about her daughter's visits. Now, obviously, you know. Nobody says anything about the authorities being like, you're crazy. And I kind of think it's because, again, it's back, the 1890s. It's back in the like, olden times oh, cool. when it's like you gave me a clue. Ghosts and demons and witches and, you know, everything was just like accepted and normal. Yeah. Now we have um, to deal with GPT, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the prosecutor went to the coroner and asked if he noticed anything weird about Zona's neck. He's like, and oh, there was a scar. When he did his examination <laughs> and the coroner was all like, huh, I just noticed she didn't let me touch her neck. This dude is the worst. I mean, the fact that no one just that they didn't just like fire him on the spot is yeah, shocking. Exactly. Um, so they dug up her body and uh, they did bring in two more doctors to come help them do a thorough examination. Yeah, Good. Um, they found bruises around her neck in the shape of fingers. Her windpipe had been crushed and her neck was broken between the first and second vertebrae. Uh, so. The townspeople, because it's how this worked back then, you know, started doing some digging 
and went around to different towns close to theirs and talking to people. Um, they found out that Edward Trouchu was actually Erasmus Trouchu. Um, which, by the way, like if you're going to change your name, dude, like. He didn't change did the nickname job. or the last name. I know you did a terror. And 1890s, man, there's no Google. And Erasmus to Edward. You couldn't have at least given yourself like a different starting letter. Maybe he was just like, look, this is what I'm used to hearing. People can say my name. I don't want to change it that much. He was probably like, all right, what's the bigger risk in 1890? Someone <laughs> saying a name I don't answer to or them figuring out who I am. Which, by the way, hey, fun little fun little tidbit. According to my um, dad's side of the family, we had ah, yes. an outlaw who changed our last name. So my maiden name is Towns. And apparently it used to be Townsend, which again. He's not, not creative. He's not Imagination good. didn't become a thing until the 90s. I'm, well, not the 90s. Or any kind I mean, of like worry of getting caught, apparently. Like a little bit of worry. Like a little, like, well, I'll change like well, I a just few love, letters. I love the mental exercise and thought of pulls out paper, says Towns. Nah, this ain't our guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same first name. Hmm. hmm. Two letters are gone. Yeah. Well, this clearly isn't Erasmus. Yes. It's Edward. Um, so he had come from a neighboring county and had been married twice. He didn't twice. even go that far? No. <laughs> Golly. He'd been married twice before. The first wife, um, he was granted a divorce because she had been, uh, had suffered like severe abuse from him. And the second wife mysteriously died after eight months of marriage. Too many Christmas. What a time to be alive. Yeah. I mean, this just, every time I think of things like this, I just think of, um, What's his name? The comedian. What's his name? Uh, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Gross. Clean that up. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be the, the suspect appears to have bled in the hallway. Gross. Clean that up. Anyway, back to my hunch. Yes. Um, okay. So she was charged with murder based just solely on. Yeah. The ghost the and the murdered broken neck. Yeah. Um, there was literally no evidence other than her neck. They had nothing going for them. pretty good, though, for the 1890s. Um, Yeah, the defense actually called Heaster to the stand to try to discredit her and make her seem crazy. Um, They basically just wanted to get her up there and make her admit that she made it all up. Um, But she wouldn't do that. So I have, they have, they have actual, like, record of this transcript, and um, I'm going to read off what how it went. So the attorney said, Miss Heaster, are you positively sure that these visits are not for dreams? Heaster said, yes, sir. It was not a dream. I don't dream when I'm wide awake to be sure. And I know I saw her right there with me. Attorney, are you considerably superstitious? Heaster, no, sir, I'm not. I was never that way before and am not now. Attorney, do you believe in the scriptures? God, this is the 1800s. Heaster, yes, sir. I have no reason not to believe it. Attorney, and do you believe the scriptures contain the word of God and his son? Heaster, yes, sir, I do. Don't you believe it? Attorney, now I would like it if I, I, I just love this. Like, I, this is my favorite. Now I would like if I could to get you to say that these were four dreams and not four visions or appearances of your daughter in flesh and blood. Easter, I am not going to say that for I am not going to lie. I just like, he didn't do anything sneaky to try to convince her to say this. I would really like it if you would, <laughs> if you would say just this. Please say this thing. It would make me win. And me we, and this dude would really appreciate it. We'd be it. really freaking happy. We'd owe you one if you would just admit it. Uh, well, yeah. can't do it. Um, also, uh, she was bragging like the whole time, like they can't, they're not going to be able to convict me of anything. Basically, he was heard saying but that they many times. Him of um, 
So the jury only deliberated like for less than an hour. Yeah, like he did it. And she was found guilty. Nice. And sentenced to life in prison. Um, But again, like I've said four times, it was the 1800s. So three years later, he died while in prison from an unknown (laughs) illness. But yeah, a man was completely convicted of a murder. From a because ghost testimony. Ghost. So there's actually uh, the reason why I know this story is because I got a different story from one of our episodes on uh, how ghosts have have done this in the past. Yeah. So a lot of people will say skeptical wise that uh, it's just people's brains like putting together the puzzle pieces. Right. And then manifesting something to, t- to say that they solved the problem. But mostly that does come in dreams, not when she's wide awake, which she claimed. Yep. So. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I kind of know the difference between I'm asleep and I'm awake. I mean, I do. The, the other part is it's just like, was this the one in a million chance where she happened to have a dream, but he really did break her neck or. Well, like you said, like there's a chance that like someone who was at the house at the time of this was like, well, he was really weird about this. And he put a, the little kid said, that's weird that he put a scarf on. You know what I mean? Or like, I've, I've seen him choke her before, you know? Yeah, right. Well, like, like, cause that was her mother, right? You said that got the visions. Yes. Yeah. So maybe she showed up to the house with bruises on her neck yeah. before, which I think I find more likely. Right. But by golly, what if it was a ghost? <laughs> it's pretty cool. And just the fact that people were willing to convict over it. Like, yeah. Well, because here's the thing. She didn't have to say the ghost route. So like, like, I think probably the most likely thing is she saw her daughter have bruises on her neck before and then was just thinking, well, if the coroner didn't see stab wounds or a gunshot, have him check the neck. Right. Right. But why would she choose the ghost story? Because that makes you look crazy. Yeah, that looks worse. I don't know. Again, though, this was the time of I mean, ghosts it was, and demons. All and- she would have to say is, I'm her mother. I've seen bruises on her neck. Check her neck. That's true. Maybe she did try to say that before. No one listened. I mean, no it was a month. So, so maybe she, maybe needed she felt to, the need to kind of up the ante and be like, all right, I'm bringing ghosts into this. But let's say it was ghosts. Pretty interesting. I mean, there's been lots of stories. If you, There's lots of stories there's of tons. people who yeah. come back and who, according to people, other people, see these ghosts and these ghosts get them to see who their murderer was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I talked about it with the uh, yes. Filipino episode. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, that's a good story, though. I like that story. Yeah, I it's just very um, much shows the times for sure. Interesting. That the dude, like the fact that the man was allowed to just like he moved his wife, changed her clothes. No one thought anything. No. He was allowed to be holding onto her while this man was he, examining her. Yeah, where he, she was not taken to a hospital or any kind of doctor's office to be examined. It was just in the bed. Do you remember in uh, Capture the Flag when we were kids? And yes. they'd be like, you're puppy, guard- you're puppy guarding the flag, right? Yes. He was puppy guarding her neck like a mug. Oh, yeah. And, and no cared. one cared. <laughs> no one thought to like, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah, man. He kept like, apparently he was like kissing her face to like, I think he was trying to like. Like adjust the scarf back. Or, well, hold it. Or, uh, like put his head over her face so that they wouldn't get over there. What a freaking dweeb. Hey, it would have worked. If- oh, if it weren't for those meddling ghosts. Yeah. Those dang ghosts. It's very interesting. I mean, he should have had confidence. It worked once before. Yeah. Um, All he had to do was change a few letters in his name. Good story, babe. Thanks. I like it. All right. I appreciate it. Yes. And we all appreciate you. So, um, no news. Wow. I haven't been able to get Rachel out. Talks about news on the end. I mean, for the show. I do. Because I always like say stuff. Follow us, like us, subscribe us, rate us, do whatever. Uh, at skeptic pod on everything or go to skepticalskeptics.com um 
What was I going to say? I can't get Rachel out to do another ghost hunt because it's, it's like cold. 30 degrees outside. There's no. Mm-mm. Yeah, but when it wasn't, you wouldn't go. Uh, we didn't have time to go. We, we had got time. one date that whole month and I wasn't going to do it on that. Sorry. Not sorry. All right. Well, anyway, we need to do a ghost hunt because now you could actually see. That'd be great. See what? See. I have the better camera, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, see us freezing. That's all you'll see. Whatever. It's going to be 70 this weekend. We're going. All right. Maybe not. Probably not. Most likely not. Y'all have a good week. Bye.